stream. We are dreamed into existence. What we do with that dream is up to us. This is Stream. I am Jessica Deruta, and I share with you my stream of consciousness. Please take what serves you and leave the rest. Let us begin. How we dream is as important as what we dream, for the what of the dream knows itself through the how. You have a voice, and it matters. You have a voice, and it matters. You have a voice, and it matters. Today is the Libra Equinox, September 23rd, 2019, and this is Stream 14. The fact that we are here and that I speak these words is an attempt to break that silence and bridge some of those differences between us. For it is not difference which immobilizes us, but silence. And there are so many silences to be broken. The great poet, feminist, lesbian writer, Audre Lorde. In 2011, I went to graduate school for counseling and depth psychology. I did it to save my life. I did it to be the best astrologer that I could be. But I did it to save my life. And at the end of that two years of schooling, I wrote my master's thesis on the only thing that I could at the time, a heuristic exploration into the shame that I carried as a young woman around my voice. The shame was so crippling that I couldn't write and that I couldn't see the value in my writing so I told my advisor that I wanted to write my thesis on shame and voice relating to women, particularly fatherless daughters living in a patriarchal world. And she smiled at me and said, well, that's a pretty big task. And I said, well, further, I want this thesis to transfigure who I am on every level of my being. And she said, well, that's an even taller order and a lot of pressure. And I said, it's the only choice that I have. Because if I don't do this, I don't do anything. And if I don't do anything, I die. And that is not a life worth living. And so I set out to write my 60-some pages on shame and voice 
And I went into the understanding of shame from the perspective of depth psychology using great thinkers that I love and adore like Audre Lorde and Brene Brown, Patricia Rice, Barbara Stevens Sullivan, so many amazing thinkers who've wondered about these things and put together my thesis where I then used my own journey as a fatherless daughter living in patriarchy as an inner exploration of trying to understand why it was so hard for me to speak why it was so crippling for me to write For those of you who are interested in reading the thesis from beginning to end, you can go to trustpsyche.com and under the offering section, uh, the second uh, piece of writing down is my master's thesis. And it's titled, Through the Portal of Shame, A Path Toward Self-Love for Fatherless Daughters Living in Patriarchy. Now, in a moment, I'm going to read some sections of my thesis to you. But before I do that, I... I wanted to talk a little bit about the surrounding journey. As many of you know, I'm born with a triple conjunction of Sun, Mercury, and Neptune in Capricorn. And the entire time that you have known me, whether it's through these streams or my YouTube videos or working with me, I have had transiting Pluto conjunct my Sun and Mercury. I've had it since I started grad school in 2011 and when I graduated in 2014. And Pluto now, the farthest planet out in our solar system, therefore it takes the longest to go around the sun and the chart, is just in the process of, of the final months of it conjunct my sun. And as we know, Saturn is also in Capricorn with Pluto. And so the final year of Pluto conjunct my sun, Saturn is conjunct my sun and Mercury. Exactly conjunct, conjunct my Mercury right now, stationed direct at 13 degrees Capricorn. When I began to write, or when I began to go to school, Saturn was squaring my sun. So at my last Saturn quadrature alignment, I began this process of becoming a depth psychotherapist. And now with the next angle of Saturn conjoining my son, I'm deepening that journey and the further maturation of my voice and my work in the world through trust psyche as a psychotherapist, astrologer, and teacher. And now I'm teaching currently astrological counseling, how to run a successful professional practice. And I have an amazing cohort of students and we're going on this super deep dive journey of bringing together the two worlds of astrology and psychotherapy or counseling into a professional practice, which I feel is my dharma or my destiny. It's part of my life's mission is to help mentor and guide other people to do what I do to bring astrology more deeply into the world of psychology and to bring the insights and the practical wisdom of psychology into astrology to mutually enhance and serve 
each other's disciplines until maybe, just maybe one day, they won't be separate anymore. And I see that in the time that Saturn was square, my son, the waning square, the crisis in consciousness, you're coming to the last phase of the journey. It's a time to cellularly embody and to integrate everything that has been learned up until that point. And at that time for me, that was the majority of my life. And I knew it was time to become. It was time to become the things I felt and knew and intuited and saw at whatever risk, at whatever cost that it took to save my life for a life worth living. And so I did. And by the end of grad school and in the process of writing this thesis, I had to confront some of the deepest aspects of my life, the most shadowy aspects of my life. And I had to make some very difficult choices. And so when I was writing this thesis, I was writing it from a place of having lost almost everything in my life. I no longer was in a partnership. I no longer had a home. I no longer had a car. I no longer had my business that I had given everything to over the previous six years. I had no money. I was in a lot of debt. And when the day came to leave, I packed one suitcase full of clothes and one suitcase full of my books and I rolled it down to the street and walked a few blocks over to my best friend's house and she took me in I knocked on her door and I said I need a place to stay for a while and that was the second time I left home in my life and every day I would get up and I would write the thesis there on her living room floor and every day I'd ask myself, who am I? What do I want from this life? You know that really strange kind of eerie feeling after you've lost everything and you're like kind of in this like surreal dream and kind of shocked but also this like feeling that everything's possible again even though you have no idea what's going to happen well, from one moment to the next <laughs> and so I wrote and I wrote my heart out and I wrote until until I was complete and I had to start completely over and that's what Pluto does it decimates it destroys it annihilates to the fundamental core it strips everything from your identity and sense of self that you're attached to that you think is you 
And though there may be truths of you in there, of course, how could there not be kernels of truth, valences of truth, aspects of truth? Naturally, there are distortions. It's human. We all have distortions from conditioning, from our childhood, from our culture, from wounds, from trauma. We become distorted, as the Buddhists say. And so Pluto purifies, and it purifies by stripping, by decaying, by annihilating, by volcanically erupting and destroying the distortions in service of finding clarity and the clearness that is the regeneration and rebirth that Pluto brings to one's identity and sense of self and mission in the world represented by the sun. And then, of course, my voice my speaking voice, my writing voice, to deepen and transform that through the psychological transformation that I underwent through my own psychotherapy, through my own learning of the field of psychology, of understanding the Plutonic hows and whys of how particularly the female feminine psyche is formed and come into being. That is different than the male psyche which most of psychology today is based upon, just like most of the Western medical model is based upon male physiology. And so I set out through the layers of cultural and societal conditioning of thousands of years of patriarchy and went into that collective level that naturally the personal level is intertwined with, enmeshed with, and went into my own personal journey around my voice being silenced you have a voice and it matters and the journey to realizing you have a voice and it matters is the journey moving through layers of depression and anger rage and grief there is no other way to find your mother tongue but to go through that which has been repressed and forbidden and made taboo by the male-dominated masculine culture who says what is of value and what is not. And it hurts, and it's painful, and it's scary, and it's a long journey with no guarantees of reward. And yet you go, and you dive deep, and you descend into the plutonic underworld of the darkness of that which has been gestating in you in an ancient forbidden hidden place where the sexual eros of libido lies of your creative power, of your regenerative creative power birthing forth worlds you didn't even know was possible. And it comes at a great price. For it does not mean your culture and family and friends and society will accept you more, but may, just may, reject you more, may become even that much more alien. And yet for those who have ears and eyes to hear and see the kin that follow you around in the tribe of being, see you, hear you, respect you, value more than ever, and maybe you then light a lantern along the way for them to find their path for this is the new world for this is the new way it's here it's imminent it's in our bodies it's in our being yes my body is actually inside of me and my journey to come inside of my body i am inside my body is inside of me 
I walk around inside my dreams and yet the dreams are coming from inside of me. And so here we are. And here we are. And the death and the rebirth mere equivalence to one another. The more that we can die, the more that we gain. The more that we die, the more that we gain. And so I die. And I died. And I died. And I died. And I died. And I died when I felt there was nothing left to die. And I did that a hundred more times. And now, here we are. The volcano has erupted. The lava has cooled. And that unimaginable complexity and diversity of life, the lushness of the vegetation of the plants and the flowers and all of their exotic fragrances and colors coming, bursting forth, that draws forth the bees and the hummingbirds and the great horned owl and the elephants and the tigers. Everything comes to life in a way I could have never imagined, in a way we could have never imagined, and yet somehow it feels like it was always meant to be, that it was always going to be this timeline, and it makes so much sense, so much common sense once I am here, and I am here to stay. Until the next death comes my way. And I pray that time I have more grace to remember what it brings me. But I get scared every single time. And I remind myself then, please, remember, be gentle with yourself. You are human. It is human to get scared. It is human to hold on. It is human to be afraid of the unknown. And I pray for grace one more time that I can remember that this was my prayer, that the moment I needed to die again, I would be able to do so. And so here I am in the death throes, scared and alive and embracing and taking the risk for what else do I have? My consciousness continues on the continuum of me, no matter the permutations I go through. So I die, and I remind myself along the way of all the things that keep me safe, which is mainly to look to the others who have gone this way and see that they're holding a light and they're holding it up just for me. And they're waving and saying, please come this way. I will hold you. I will help you. I will sit next to you as you walk this path through. Actually, you do not do it alone. Because I and many others have been here before. And now you are here. And now you are that for someone behind you. And so we light the way for those that are yet to come. And those before and after us light the way and so the path actually isn't dark at all it just is in those moments where we collapse and we constrict and our consciousness becomes narrow naturally as it does when we're in fear and we feel isolated and alone and scared and then we remember I am always here no matter how bad it gets no matter how hard it gets I am always here. And so what do we learn when we hit the bottom? We realize that we are in the greatest company. We are in the company 
of our truest self, that transcendent part of us that is always present, no matter whether the sun is shining the, its light at dawn, which is the same light that it shines at noon and at dusk and in our darkest hour. It is the same light in all those moments and cycles of time and being. And so you have a voice and it matters. You have a voice and it matters. For matter comes from the Latin word mother. And so it matters what you say because your breath is the spirit that incarnates to form the new orality, the new orality that breathes the divine into form through our sacred breath that we breathe through our voice. And when we speak from our mother tongue, we touch the hearts of all the children in all the lands, in all the world. And so from the inner light into me, into the inner light in you, my voice, my light says, you have a voice and it matters. This thesis explores the correlation that has been established between young girls whose fathers were either physically, emotionally, psychologically, or spiritually absent, and the tendency for the girls to internalize a sense of shame and core identification with a lack of self-worth or value. This thesis proposes that in a culture with a history of thousands of years of patriarchal domination, the absence of a father results in a lack of mirroring and validation of the daughter's worth. This thesis also proposes that this abandonment produces a sense of being deficient and worthless, and this causes a deep internalization of shame. Further, the shame internalized by young girls when abandoned by their fathers brings about a loss of the child's voice or ability to express their deepest desires, feelings, and dreams. This exploration will also consider the question of how shame affects the formation of self-image and the subsequent access a woman has to her authentic self and true creative power. When a young girl internalizes shame as a core sense of identity, she quickly learns that it is safer to reject herself than experience rejection from someone in her life. The outer abandonment of the personal father is internalized as an inner abandonment of the child to herself. The outer abandonment by the personal father is a shaming experience for the child. The child does not have enough differentiated self-awareness yet to understand logically that it is not her fault that her father has left her. The only way the child can comprehend the traumatic experience is to assume she has been left because she is bad, rather than the parent who is experienced as godlike. The egoic structure forms, in part, in response to this profound loss and defense mechanisms begin to crystallize. 
The child learns how to protect herself from further pain and loss by hiding her authentic self because who she really is was rejected, not accepted, and abandoned. This experience is internalized as shameful and wrong. The child believes now that there is something wrong with her innate being. Similarly to any other adaptive creature, she instinctively responds to the environment by creating various forms of armoring and false senses of self in order to survive. Among the defense armors is the cloak of perfectionism. Perfectionism is an ideal armoring for a fatherless daughter in that it defends against the imperfect nature of the child that she believes caused the father to leave. Perfectionism is also highly regarded in a masculine-dominated society as something to strive for on a daily basis in all areas of one's life. For it is achievement and success that defines one's value and sense of self-worth in patriarchy. When one is constantly striving to be perfect, there is no room for vulnerability or hard feelings like being scared, angry, sad, or jealous. There is no room for mistakes, taking chances, being creative, play, and wild abandon. There is only time to work, achieve, and be better than everyone else. There is no time to suffer, feel pain, grieve, or mourn loss. There is no time for the body, love, art, or music. There is no time to be, to see, or to be seen. When the father is physically absent, the tendency for the child to constellate an inner father as an archetypal father figure becomes a magnified caricature in the child's inner world. In the absence of the human father, the void is filled with a larger-than-life and often impersonal presence. The impersonal father is both idealized in a godlike way, carrying great powers and feared for his condemning and scrutinizing gaze that is always looking down upon the child. An actual father is fallible, has a shadow, makes mistakes, and is human with all types of qualities and characteristics. The impersonal father often only has one face with which the child learns quickly to become identified in order to avoid the archetypal father's wrath and rejection. At this point, he has become an internal aspect of the child that is fundamentally rejects her as an unholy and bad. The shame that can haunt a young girl's life in the wake of the father's abandonment can have devastating implications for her relationships and her psychological well-being. The emotion of shame prohibits human beings from feeling deeply connected to themselves and the world around them. Shame is the root of feeling alienated, isolated, and cut off from family, friends, community, spirituality, and the world at large. It is also at the core of loss of meaning and purpose in one's life. According to psychologist John Bradshaw, shame is the source of all addictions and compulsive behaviors. This experience of fundamental disconnection blocks access to one's creative potential, true desires, and a sense of love and belonging, central tenets of human existence. When one feels unworthy of belonging, the psyche or self or sense of self fragments and becomes disjointed. 
In shame, the impulse is to silence and hide. The purpose of this thesis is to provide a deeper examination from a depth psychological and feminist perspective of shame in the life of a daughter abandoned by her father within a patriarchal context. Both the specific focus on the daughter-father relationship in which the undeveloped feminine is abandoned by the older masculine and its analysis from a feminine psychological perspective are important to the role of psychology in helping both clients and culture move toward greater wholeness. The central path for people to begin to change their behavior in life is through empathic mirroring. Empathy is one of humanity's greatest allies in the revolution from disconnection to connection. The values of patriarchy, however, do not foster empathic attunement and mirroring, vulnerability and interdependence, but rather emphasize the individual over the whole, value homogeny over plurality and difference, and logical linear rationale thought over feelings, emotions, empathy, and intuitive sensing. In that Western culture is patriarchal, structures of power and domination are wired into Western culture's ways of thinking, language, and modes of relating intrapersonally, interpersonally, and transpersonally. This discourages the compassion and human connection that is the basis of human beings coexisting in a creative way together on this planet. A recoding of these power structures needs to be the task of humanity today. This is an area in which the feminine, individually and collectively, once freed of shame, can contribute something of great value. Patriarchal principles that tend to measure one's worth based upon masculine qualities and values of rational, linear, and logical thinking, as well as achievement, autonomy, and radical self-reliance, often have the effect of denigrating feminine principles such as emotions, the body, intuitive knowing, nonlinear thinking, the imagination, and interdependence. As revisioned and reframed by feminist depth psychotherapist Maureen Murdoch in her book, The Heroine's Journey, a woman's quest in the world, given the current condition of Western culture, quote, is to heal the split that tells us that our knowings, wishes, and desires are not as important nor as valid as those of the dominant male culture. Our task is to heal the internal split that tells us to override the feelings, intuition, and dream images that inform us of the truth of life, to hold the tension of not knowing the answers and the willingness to listen to our inner wisdom and the wisdom of the planet, which begs for change. The task at hand during this time of the world's unprecedented ecological, spiritual, and existential crisis of meaning is for women to heal their inner split and to reclaim their authentic feelings, desires, visions, and dreams in order to be taken into consideration and listened to by the culture at large. The shame that stifles women's creativity as fatherless daughters living in a patriarchal culture must be healed in order to access the eros or creative power that lies hidden in each woman and between all persons.
If one is prevented from connection and avoids being truly seen due to shame, then shame is not only a destructive force in the psyche, but is also the gatekeeper that blocks one's creative potential and ability to truly love. The only way to cross the threshold is by learning how to be safely vulnerable. It is in the shared temenos, the sacred container or vessel of eros, the circulation of love and creativity between people, that true healing begins. This thesis explores the need for a deeper psychological move than empathic mirroring in the reintegration of deeply shamed and split off authentic feminine. More than witnessing is required to heal shame and people's sense of being disconnected. Consciously engaging with the unconscious is the temenos of Eros is needed to give people back their sense of self in a deeper and richer way than before. One of the main tenets of this thesis is that the only way to heal the relational wounds exacerbated by the values of patriarchy is to reclaim the disavowed aspects of humanity. The key to humanity's future and the success of the species lies in the space between people. And this requires radical interdependence through self-love and acceptance in order to truly love and accept others and the differences that allow the unimaginable complexity and diversity of life that is needed for the thriving of any species. When a person descends into the depths, they rediscover who they are and are no longer solely defined by a cultural construct, but by their soul's deepest inner knowing. Healing patriarchy is about healing a relational wound of disconnection, the disconnection from divine nature. In this severance, human beings tend to forget that they are an integral part of the web of being, not separate and meaningless, but wholly meaningful and deeply connected. In patriarchy, a woman's story is narrated by a male-dominated paradigm that dictates that the masculine subjective experience is the objective truth by which all is measured and valued. This thesis takes the position that is an ethical imperative for each person to be free, to tell his or her story, and to listen to each story from a place of love, compassion, and understanding. Speaking and listening from a place of raw vulnerability and truth is erotic. In other words, creative and connecting. Such deep listening may finally end mass genocide and homogenization of the soul on this planet. The goal of this thesis is to contribute to understanding the nature of how to heal the shame that splits off the feminine self when a father abandons a daughter. This shaming is a microcosm of the patriarchal abandonment and shaming of feminine values at the collective level. As such, this thesis is committed to the role of psychotherapy in cultural change. It seeks to bring about a time when a woman needs no longer to be in search of approval from her father, personal or collective, a time when a woman no longer needs to look for validation by living a life that fits a mold that is not her own and no longer adheres to the standards of a male-dominated society that is destroying this planet, the people on it, and humanity's future. 
Women must lead the way, for no man can give a woman her identity. And this is what the quest of self-discovery and self-love is about, the reclamation of a woman's self. This thesis responds to the need for psychological research from a feminist depth perspective and in a woman's voice. Liberating a woman's voice and power means breaking the bonds that tire to her inner and outer imprisonment, risking being rejected by her patriarchal society. A woman who has lost her voice and power to the patriarchal values either risks being rejected by a culture that has already made her inferior or signs up for a life in which she is dead to herself and the world. This means that women will have to liberate themselves. And as the feminist psychologist Patricia Rice wrote, many women have a desire to write, but feel they cannot find their voice. Finding one's voice, written or spoken, is central to establishing a woman's sense of self and is at the core of some of our most mutinous and subversive relations with men. A compliant, dutiful daughter and wife does not speak or write her own mind. Instead, she serves the ones who own the language. The field of psychology is replete with literature written from a masculine perspective using psychological constructs and referring to experiences that are assumed to apply across genders. This thesis models for the field and for the women who enter it, a female voice from a feminine perspective on lived female experience. The guiding research questions are these. How does a fatherless daughter living in a patriarchal culture experience shame around her self-worth and value as a woman? How do fatherless daughters heal this shame in order to give voice and a radical self-expression to their own subjective truths that do not align necessarily with the values of a male-dominated society. A heuristic approach was used as a framework of this thesis. Humanistic psychologist Clark Moustakas described heuristic research as a process that begins with a question or problem which the researcher seeks to illuminate or answer. The question is one that has been a personal challenge and puzzlement in the search to understand oneself and the world in which one lives. The heuristic process is autobiographic, yet with virtually every question that matters personally, there is also a social and perhaps universal significance. My research question is one of the deepest personal challenges of my life in understanding who I am, where I come from, and how my sense of identity fits into this world. This thesis is autobiographic. My sole intention is to be structurally transformed through researching how shame has shaped who I am as a fatherless daughter living in a patriarchal culture by coming to a place of greater self-acceptance, understanding, and most of all, love. I have tremendous shame around my voice. The only way I knew how to get to a place to be able to write this thesis was to study and analyze how and why I have shame around sharing my story, ideas, and reflections in written form. This thesis is a personal journey of lived self-analysis that perhaps may have universal significance that may serve other fatherless daughters in finding their authentic voices. All persons mentioned in my story have given me written consent to include them. Thank you.
Thank you for being with me today. As I stated earlier, you can read the rest of my master's thesis at trustpsyche.com under the offering section. This is Stream. You have a voice, and it matters. And I'm Jessica Deruta. Come a little bit closer Hear what I have to say Just like children sleeping We could dream this night a full moon rising let's go dancing in the light we know where the music's playing let's go I'm still in love with you I want to see you dance again Because I'm still in love with you On this harvest moon